This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This episode is sponsored by The Alcohol Experiment, a free 30-day challenge designed to interrupt your patterns, give you control, restore your health, and put you back in touch with the version of you who doesn't need alcohol to cope, relax, or enjoy life. More than 220,000 people have already tried The Alcohol Experiment for themselves and have seen improved sleep, increased happiness, reduced anxiety, and so much more. Join thousands in this inspiring, hopeful, and exciting program where you examine your beliefs and reconnect with the best version of you without ever feeling like you're missing out. Start today for free at alcoholexperiment.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. I'm here with Michael. How are you, Michael? Yeah. Hi, Annie. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Good to have you here. So why don't you sort of take us back to the beginning with um, your journey in alcohol? Where did it all start for you? Right. Wow. Um, cranky. Uh, after hearing other people's stories, cranky. Yes, I kind of know where to start. So, um, well, I was, I was born in 77 and I grew up in the 80s and 90s, a little rural uh, town in Cheshire. But we were quite close to the big cities of Liverpool, Manchester. Chester wasn't far away. Um, so um, I always I was aware of alcohol because my dad went down to the pub and the club. Um, I can remember like even at eight years old, like my mum and dad um, having a New Year's Eve party. Um, and I can remember going down in the morning to get myself a drink and there was like empty beer bottles and things. Um, although my mum was never a big drinker, um, my dad used to probably drink most weekends, um, not to the point where I'd be staggering up the road. But um, yeah, um, I'd ask where he was. And my mum would say, oh, your dad's got down to the club for a few hours. So, but where it started with me was probably like a lot of teenagers um, in the 90s, really. It started with my friends just um, getting maybe a bottle of cider and we'd try it. Um, I could even, in fact, I could even remember sort of being on a foreign holiday about 12 and my dad letting me try his beer, you know, in Spain or Greece or somewhere, you know. Um, so, yeah. Um, and like everybody says, the taste was horrible, wasn't it? It was like, oh, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was, that's, um, anyway, moving on to that. So, yeah, I can remember getting drunk when I was about 14 or 15 with some guys that were in our high school. Um, and, and that was it, really. I can remember just it being quite a horrible experience. I can remember, um, I can sort of remember rolling around on this supermarket car park. And then I think my mum had to come and pick us up because somebody had called my mum. Um, and then you like you sort of roll forward a few years, you get to like <clears throat> 16, 17. Um, and we were sort of allowed in the pubs at that age because we weren't really ID'd. And you know the laws in the UK, you've worked over here and stuff, and it's like it's 18, it's not like it is in the States. Um, so you know, you could you could probably get away with it, especially if you went into the pub with some older guys. Um, so yeah, you'd, you'd get a sneaky, maybe half a beer or a pint. As long as you were no trouble, you could sit in the corner and you could have a game of snooker and have a game of pool. And um, because like I was well known in the village where I grew, grew up, people sort of knew my dad and knew my older sister and knew my uncle, you know, and, um, you know, knew the family. So it was, um, you know, people had turned a blind eye really. Um, so yeah, fast forward again, another few years, you get to like, you get to your working life and friends go off to university and things. So every weekend, we were at a different university. We were like, oh, 
let's go up to Durham. Let's go up to Newcastle. Let's go to Nottingham. Let's go over to Manchester. Let's go and visit so-and-so in London. You know, and, and like weekends were just, you know, it was, but we always showed up for work on a Monday. Um, you know, we always showed up for our weekend jobs or, you know, whatever we were doing, none of that. You know, you, you could get in at three in the morning and still turn up for work at eight o'clock. Well, well, I could anyway, that's that's how it was. But the weekend started like on a Thursday night. You know, you could um, you could uh, quite easily get caught up in, in like a three or four day weekend. Um, but yeah, it was just water off a duck's back at that age, I thought. It was just like, yeah, that, that's just that's just it, because everybody does it. Uh, my older sister did it, and her friends, you know, my dad had a few beers uh, when you go on holiday, and that's another thing as well, you know, you start going back to my 20s again. Um, we'd fly off to Ibiza for the weekend and the week, and, you know, to all the Spanish islands or the Greek islands, and, and it was just like literally a week of partying from, like, you know, from the moment you landed to the moment you got home. Um, and that was like sort of drinking from lunchtime onwards every day. Um, you know, you guys have a spring break and stuff, don't you? It's, this, it's kind of the same over here, but with the Spain and uh, with the Greece thing. Uh, so, yeah, or even over to Turkey or wherever. Plus, the booze was cheap then. I can remember, like the, I can remember the, um, like the foreign currency, like the peseta and the drachmar to the pound. You were like, you could go there with literally a few hundred pounds and, mm. uh, you know, say $500. And you could absolutely just, that, that was your boozing for the whole week. You know, you could, uh, food wasn't even, now Now I go on holiday, food's a big part of my holiday, it's like we're choosing the restaurant, where are we going to go, then it was just let's grab a pizza, let's grab a burger, let's grab a kebab, you know, and uh, so yeah, um, but the thing is as well about the boozing, drugs are involved as well, you know, uh, like party drugs, you know, I'm not about like, you know, we, we weren't injecting heroin or anything, it was like ease, uh, smoking a bit of weed, things like that, you know, and um, there was a rave scene here over here you know you, you probably know about it. it was like house music um so we were going to all these like disused warehouses in our early 20s um, and like um uh, proper sort of like commercial clubs as well um and they realized how much money was involved in it at these corporates you know there was um yeah it was quite a thing and like all these djs were um there and, and we think um like, on the shape well with a bit of shame attached to this as well. You know, we think nothing about um, driving home at three in the morning, yeah. you know, down the motorway. Even uh, I can remember this was a story. I mean, God, I'm not sure how in depth you want me to go here, but we were driving down the motorway at three in the morning. And I don't think we'd had that much booze, but we, we definitely had some gear. And um, one of the guys in the car in front, because we were going back to a house party, he vomited out of his car window. And because it was January, it was like it froze and hit my windscreen, but I had no water in the washer jets. So I can remember me and my friends stood on the bonnet of the car, weeing, you know, urinating on the, you know, to, to, to clear the windscreen. And we were laughing about it. You know, it was just, you know, we were young lads and that, that's just how it was back then. But yeah, fast forward, you know, sort of keep going into like the mid twenties now. That's just how life was for many years. We showed up for work. I bought a house, you know, I was doing the right things. I was looking around and that's what everybody else was doing. So I didn't really feel out of place, really. Um, I got married to my first wife when I was about 30. And then Louis was born when I was 32. Um, I carried on. I used to go out with uh, my father-in-law to the golf club, the cricket club. We had a little place um, in North Wales at the time. And um, so the weekends were the same. I'd 
I'd go and have a game of golf and then we'd go back to the clubhouse and have a few beers and then we'd get back and I'd meet my wife and uh, my mother-in-law would have a barbecue and that would involve beers and wine, you know, and then uh, and then Julie and myself split up. Um, so we're, we're talking like 2010 now, I'd say, you know, uh, maybe 2008, 2009. Um, and then we split up. I moved back to uh, my childhood village, um, got myself on my feet again, sorted the money out. I met my current wife. Um, and that sort of like in, in, into my 30s as well was was kind of the same Catherine and myself would um, we'd get on the train into Liverpool of a weekend. We, we drank together, you know, um, our friends. We'd, we'd organise horse racing days. But everything, when I think about it now, Annie, everything was, um, ev- ev- everything was booze. The booze was like a social lubricant of, uh, it was, oh, yeah, great. Uh, oh, what we'll do. I can remember doing champagne breakfast for my friends before the horse racing, thinking we were like super classy, you know. I was like, oh, it's crazy, isn't it? I was like, so it was funny because... I, I, you know, WhatsApp the guys or whatever, and I'd say, right, okay, we're um, we're doing a champagne breakfast, so we'd have bacon sandwiches, and then we'd all have champagne. We'd all get on the mini bus to the race course. We'd all have bets all day, and then we'd come back. We'd watch the, you call it soccer. We'd watch the football, um, you know, and then that was the day that we'd all pile back to our house, and it'd be carrying on, and people were asleep on the sofa. I mean, we were in the thirties at this point, you know, like thirty-five, you know, and then like mum hangovers weren't like they were in the 20s you know you, you didn't just like shake them off and um you know hangovers were would last for, for days you know but um that's when so i said that's when i'd probably say probably about 32 so a couple of years before all that so yeah i'd say um i started really struggling with the mental health like my uh, my anxiety i started feeling nervous and jumpy and like there was something always wrong but it was never the booze, you know, it was always something else in my life. It was always like, I wasn't happy with my job or I wasn't happy with, you know, one of my friends had upset me or I was having a bit of sort of, I don't know, issues with whatever, the builders or the, you know, it was always something else other than, um, other than, um, other than the booze. So I started having a sniff around then really at things and, you know, I Googled like a lot of people do, you know, alcohol and mental health. And, you know, you start making these little, very bef- totally way before your your book and um you know the because back back then it was very black and white you were either an alcoholic or you weren't you know say back then you know i mean there's always been a you know like a, a sober bunch of people but what i'm trying to say is um you know there's a very like it's a massive gray area as well isn't there um i think with the um, you know alcoholism so anyway you know you just I had a go at moderating maybe and then um I had a go and I sniffed around. I found like Kevin O'Hara. And um, do you know Kevin, the Irish guy? Yeah, he's cool. Mm. And um, Craig Beck. And then um, and then I just sort of like, oh, well, I'm okay. I, I, I don't drink so much these days. And when I do, you know, make, it might only be like once or twice a month, you know. And, oh, I've cut down a bit. But one thing, Annie, in my sort of early to mid-30s, <clears throat> I took up a lot of running again because... When I was with my first wife, somehow I ended up a bit overweight. Um, just um, I wasn't doing much exercise because I used to play a lot of football as a teenager, and uh, I was quite a good runner as a as a kid. Um, so that really helped with the mental health. So I thought with with my running, I thought I can still have a drink as well uh, because my running's like 
great for my mental health. So I'd do something great in the week. You know, I'd go for three runs, I'd sign up for a half a marathon. I've done a few marathons as well. Um, but I was still drinking at the weekends, you see. So my Monday and Tuesday and Wednesdays were still miserable, you know. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, fast forward again, probably like to my what are we in? 2022 now. So in 2018, I bought your book from a Google search. And I think someone mentioned it on Twitter or, you know, and um, I had a little nosy at it, um, liked it, sort of read it, but didn't quite take it in, you know, uh, consciously read it, you know, without all the kind of unconscious things being sort of, uh, what's the word, um, like, I'm trying to think of the word really, like just, anyway, I'll move on. It'll come to me in a minute, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, well, without all like the, the it being unwrapped really properly for me to see with my own eyes properly fully so um and then we the pandemic hit in 2019 um sorry 20 yeah 20 was it 2019 20 20 sorry march 2020 so um obviously lockdown came um probably the same for you guys we were just i was off work for six weeks so that was like the march till the may and uh we had some we had grand ideas of like doing some renovations on the house so we knew a builder and it was all like we had the money ready to go so we were like we've got a south-facing garden so we thought we wanted to open it all up have some bifold doors have the kitchen done there's a nice space for the kids now the teenagers um, Rebecca's uh, 16 this year Louis 14 Adam's 21 Catherine's son um, he's, um, he doesn't live with us but um, I thought it's a nice uh, safe space for the kids it's you know they can have the friends around and you know but because Catherine was working upstairs, Catherine's my wife, um, in this office where we are now, um, I was off. So at like three o'clock in the afternoon when Catherine would finish, I'd have some beers in the fridge ready to go and a bottle of wine. And it was like, we had glorious weather over in the UK. Um, it was like, you know, it was, it was, it was quite unbelievable, really, you know, for, for that early in the spring, you know, in April, it was like over 20 degrees every day. Um, sorry, I mean, I went back to work in May and some of the people said, look at the colour of you. You know, I said, well, I've been out in the garden all afternoon drinking, you know, and then, and then the building work started and the stress with that. We had a few problems. We had a few issues with um, our kitchen guy. Um, so I was like, I can remember Catherine and me, we set up a little bistro table in the kitchen amongst all the plasterboard and all the electrics hanging out and all, you know, and stuff boxes were everywhere. We couldn't find anything. Um, I can remember we sat there and we're just drinking wine and eating takeaway pizza, you know, cause we had no oven for a few weeks and things. And it was just like, I mean, it was good fun. You know, it wasn't, wasn't all bad, but um, I can remember um, a couple of years before that, when I bought your book, a couple of, um, I am going back into a little bit. I am aware of that, but uh, hopefully you can follow it. I'm, um, I did great. take a few breaks from alcohol. Um, I took like a, I can remember having like, I did 48 days because it was from Catherine's birthday, which is mid-June, to when we went to Spain early August. And it was like nearly 50 days. Um, and I can remember we went away with um, a friend who's a little bit older than myself and his daughter, who's about 10 years younger than us. Uh, so me and my wife are over in Spain and um, I've not had a drink for like, I'd say nearly 50 days. 
So when Ross and Alice came out to us, um, we, we were already been there a day. So they turned up, they checked in the hotel. We text them. They follow us down to this bar. We were already like quite tipsy come one o'clock in the afternoon because we were with another couple that we knew. And, um, you know, it's just the south coast of Spain is like that. You know, it's just rows of bars and beaches and things. And, uh, and that's pretty much what I did all week after having 50 days off and feeling great. I, uh, I ended up uh, having, to the, to the point where we were at the Argentinian restaurant, excuse me, two days later, Ross said to me, Jesus, Mike, you went, you're pissed. You know, I know you, you, um, you Americans say pissed when you're angry with somebody, but yeah, I know, and I was, because like I was in this restaurant at nine o'clock at night with my sunglasses on, you know, and uh, I was like slurring my words. And uh, so, and that was after a 50 day break. And then I had a few again. And then I came home and I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a go at moderating. I played that game for a while. Uh, right, I'm just going to drink beer. I'm just going to drink at the weekends. I'm just going to drink on a Saturday. I'm just going to drink when we go away for the weekend or, you know, and I offered to drive as well to places purposely to like stop me drinking. Oh, I'm going to drive tonight, you know, and, and that was cool. You know, I was happy to do that. Um, but then, um, so yeah, going forward again to where we were before about the, um, the building work going on, the lockdown. And then borders started to open up again, sort of in the summer. So, you know, we could, we sort of just threw a dart somewhere and we were like, right, okay, where can we go? Oh, Turkey's open. We'll fly to Turkey. We'll take the kids. So we pays the money. We turns up at the airport. Um, we ended up getting a great deal because obviously uh, the travel industry had been um, sort of decimated, hadn't it? Over the summer, people hadn't gone. People were still on furlough and stuff. Countries weren't letting you in. You know, I know you, you guys in the States, you know, it was quite a while before Brits could come over there. For leisure, you know, work was a bit different, I suppose. But um, so yeah, we five star hotel right on the beach in Turkey, all inclusive. And I'm not a fan of all inclusive. It was just what was sort of on the menu at the time, kind of thing when we booked the holiday. So uh, yeah, um, so yeah, the first couple of days was great. Um, we there wasn't many Brits in the hotel at all. There was a lot of like Eastern European families and stuff, but it was great. Um, so I'd, I'd like to find myself crawl into the bar at one o'clock and just, just like, oh, I'm just going to get a drink, love, you know, and I'd slip off and go and get a drink. And then, you know, Catherine would have a drink at like two or three in the afternoon. And then, you know, come six o'clock, we were up in the room getting ready to, you know, uh, I'd have a drink on the balcony because they'd fill your fridges up. Um, and then the kids were ready. We'd all go out with our nice tans and our nice new clothes and we'd go to a restaurant. Uh, same again, we'd order a bottle of wine. We'd come back to the hotel after seeing the village and having a nice meal. And then we'd have a nightcap, you know, and then I was waking up on holiday like, oh, I was a bit rough. But sort of halfway through the holiday, um, we got some Land Rover Defenders and we went up to the uh, reservoirs on this mountain. And it was like it was right out in the middle of nowhere. And it was fantastic. The um these Turkish ladies were doing the kids pancakes and chocolate. And it was like... And we were with a family from Surrey, which is near London, as you probably know. And um, sort of that was a great day. We went to like a natural water park. We got these diving boards, off these rocks, and the kids loved it. And I hadn't had a drink. And I thought, oh, this, this is great. But when we got back to the hotel, uh, me and the guy, we started having a few beers. Well, this carried on through the night to the point where the next morning, 
when I went to get the coffees for breakfast and take them up to Catherine. I went and had a bloody Mary at half nine in the morning just to calm me down because I felt so jittery because I was hungover from the night before. And I've never drunk in the morning, you know, I, especially something like a hard liquor like vodka. You know, I might have had like a sort of a beer at 11 o'clock in Spain or something, but, you know, but that was just to make myself feel better. And um, we were on the sun lounges in the afternoon and um, I felt like um, I was drunk, basically. And Catherine said to me, she went, Michael, you're slurring your words. And I said, oh, sorry. I, I didn't realise. I went, oh, I'll, I'll stop drinking now. Even though I'd said it, I didn't stop drinking. I went to the bar and got myself a JD and Coke in the afternoon. And, you know, I'm with two teenage kids and I'm like, and I'm on holiday. And I thought, this, I've worked all year for this. You know, this is our time when the kids are away from school. I thought, what am I doing? So anyway, I was, I was that drunk that afternoon. I don't even remember the entertainment at the hotel. And it was a fantastic show, apparently. Um, and the kids enjoyed it. So we goes back to the room. And I can remember we were going on a boat trip the next day to see this we were probably going quite a few miles to another harbour to see a um to see another village um and there was like a pirate show on as well and um i had to go to the atm because they couldn't accept debit cards and i can remember walking to the atm in turkey in august so it's like 40 degrees and i'm hung over to shit and i'm like thinking what am i doing i feel awful and I'm shaking, putting my card in the machine to get myself a few hundred quid or whatever I needed. And I'm like, and I'm walking back to the hotel and Catherine's getting the kids ready and putting the sun cream on the kids. And I'm like, oh, I thought this has got to stop. You know, I can't do this anymore. What am I doing? So the holiday finished a couple of days later and I come home and um, we had a pre-planned barbecue on the Saturday. So we got home on the Wednesday. So two or three days later, we had the barbecue and it was only some close friends. You know, there was probably a 10 of us maximum. So I can remember drinking, but I didn't have too much. Um, and I remember Catherine saying to, saying to me, she said, I'm just having Diet Coke. She'd like have a vodka and then she'd have a couple of Diet Cokes and then she'd have a vodka. So she was like, she was consciously um, not getting drunk. You know, she was having a couple of drinks, but, um, and I didn't go mad. Anyway. Um, the next day we were driving down the motorway to well, well Catherine was driving because she had had way less than I had. Uh, even though I probably wasn't over the legal limit, I just didn't feel well enough to be on the road. Um, and we had Louis in the car who was 12 at the time. So we we're going over to my mum's for Sunday lunch. And um, Catherine said to me, she says, I don't feel well. She says, do you mind driving? And I was like, oh, do you really need me to? She said, I really need you to. She went, I won't say anything now. I'll tell you when Louis is out of earshot. So we pulled over on the hard shoulder of the motorway. We swapped places. I drove. I took it nice and steady. Um, we got to my mum's. And then I ended up taking Catherine to A&E um, to get checked out. My mum, there's a local hospital near my mum in Cheshire, and it's, uh, it's this fab little hospital. She was in and out within a couple of hours, she, you know, tests and whatever. She was fine. But um, and we still don't know what it was. She just felt really like shaky and dizzy and she felt like pins and needles in her left arm but all the tests you know it was fine so look luckily I can remember sat 
on the car park in the hospital and it was a red hot August day in the UK. You know, it was like, as you guys say, it was probably in the mid seventies. Um, uh, so I think we know that in our money at like 20 something degrees. Um, and I remember thinking I'm done with alcohol. I'm done with it. And uh, you know, when you know, you, like, like I think you did, didn't you just know other than, yeah. when, other than when you did that experiment um, mm. on your own that, that day. Um, uh, so I just kind of knew that that was it. Um, so I was off work for another week then because uh, we had a shutdown for our company. Um, the company closes for three weeks in the summer. Or oh, they did then. It's two weeks now, but that doesn't matter. And, and I can remember the Monday I sat in the garden and I read your book in about a full day. It might have been, yeah, flicking back the day before, but I pretty much nailed it in, in the day. And um, there's all my notes, all uh, little pages, little highlights, all my little, uh, and it, it just kind of all sunk in. But before I read your book the last time, I'd listened to the podcasts, I'd listened to, you know, seen your YouTube channel for like, for a couple of years before that, I was sort of listening to you. And it was all sort of um, adding to what I already knew. You know, the advertising, um, you know, the alcohol advertising industry, you know, they don't spend 2.2 billion a year if it doesn't work right. You know, there's all, and you think, yeah, I've been, I've had the wool pulled over my eyes here for years. You know, I'm like, you know, like what Craig Beck says, it's fancily packaged poison, you know, and all these things are like dropping in. I'm like, oh yeah. And that's why I feel anxious because I'm ruining my homeostasis. I'm, I'm like, it's all like, oh yeah, I'm, it's basically like I'm chucking a full can of Coke over my laptop. That's what's happening here. And that's the laptop's <laughs> my brain, you know, and I'm just, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm short with people, you know, and then I'm like, oh, I'm a bit irritable. And it, it's all, and it's funny really, Annie, because um, only, only in January, just gone, my best friend came up uh, with his wife uh, and we see them a few times a year. Uh, we always have done for years and years. They're a great couple. And um, he was a bit, sort of not standoffish he was a bit sort of like when I gave up drinking he sort of like he couldn't get his head around it but he said to me in the January we're in the um, we're in a little acoustic bar near us and I'm ordering my lime and soda and they're all drinking their alcohol and I'm like uh, I'm having a great time there's a guy on a guitar and I'm I'm, I'm enjoying it and he, and he said to me he said you know what Mike he says um I love it that you don't drink he says you're a far better person I said, really? He said, he said, yeah, he said, I mean, look, he said, I had some great conversations with you. And, you know, he said, I said, why was I a bit of a dickhead when, like, a bit of a knobhead when, he said, not all the time. He says, you're just probably like anybody, you know, he says, but, but now he said, because you, you're not like up and down, are you doing the, you know, you've not got the real mad highs, hyper, and then the real lows of like, you're just more, it's more of a plateau, isn't it? You know, and the only way, the only way, sort of past things is through, isn't it, with life? And, you know, you see things, I know it drowns like, the drowns out the bad things, but it drowns out the good things too, doesn't it? You know, the amount of times I've been to gigs and I've been to like, uh, I was a big Liverpool fan, I still am a big Liverpool fan, um, you know, and I'd go to like a Liverpool and Manchester United match and these tickets, you couldn't get them, you know, they were like, you know, there was hundreds of thousands of people wanted to go, but I was lucky, I knew a few people and stuff, and, you know, and I, and I can remember, like, I'd have four or five beers before I'd get into the ground. And then I'd spend my time going to the loo, going to the lavatory, you know, um, 
while I was there, missing 10 minutes of the game, missing 15 minutes of the game, you know, excuse me, past people. Because back then as well, it was standing in the grounds before like, um, yeah, you know, you could, you could stand up at football matches too. Uh, it's uh, absolutely, it's bonkers is what it is. But this book for me, it's, um, it's a game changer. And I know loads of people have said that as well, but it really is. And I've told so many people about it, you know, there's guys at work, Reading it now, and they go, oh, I've, just, I've just bought Arnie Grace, but yeah, said, I'm still drinking, you know, and I'm still, I said, oh, that's fine, that's up to you from a right. non, non, non judge, judge, uh, put my false teeth in from a non judgmental point of view. Um, yeah, it's you crack on and drink, but for me, drinking's no more. And I know you say, um, you never say that you're never going to drink again, you know, uh, but I just don't want to. I've got all the tools now, I, I seem to know, I seem to know enough. And, and people who say to me as well, oh, would, do you not fancy one? I'm like, oh, well, what's the point? Because I'm going to like feel a bit tipsy for 30 minutes to an hour. And then I'm going to feel shit for like the next sort of like two or three hours. It's going to disrupt my sleep. You know, um, it was funny actually, because we just got back from Scotland in May, last May. So yeah, nearly 12 months ago. And um, we were in the pub and it was a Sunday afternoon and there was a band on and um, it, was a, it was a lovely day. It was the bank holiday weekend here. And a guy came stumbling who we know. I was in Dublin with him a couple of years earlier. So, yeah, we're, we're friendly. And um, he says, what are you drinking in that glass? And I said, um, it's, it's lime and soda, Jim. And he looked at my wife. He says, bloody lime and soda. He said, God, he says, is he boring now, Catherine? And Catherine said, no, Jim, he's far from boring. And it was like, I just thought it was nice to hear that, you know, when uh yeah, I said, there's nothing more boring, mate, than staying in bed with an angover all day. I said, that's boring. So he, was, he, he sort of laughed and, you know, he, he bounced off every wall, ordered his curry from the Indian restaurant next door, and then I could see him stumbling in a taxi. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny, really, as well, because I have lost a few friends through it as well. And I know you said that too. Yeah, you know, you find out it's the only glue holding you together is that you like going out for a few bevies together, and you know, there's nothing sort of deep and meaningful to it. It's you're drinking buddies at the end of the day, and that, that's what we found. But luckily, I've hung on to a lot of friends too, like, um, and they're cool with me not drinking. It doesn't bother them. They don't even ask. They don't even ask what's in the glass. They're not bothered. Mm. Even it's funny actually because there's one guy I know when he says, um, it was my birthday in January. And he goes to the bar and he says, do you want another glass of coriander and piss? And that's what he calls my lime and soda. And I'm yeah. like, well, <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, I've not been drinking now for 20, it'll be 21 months at the start of May. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and he still calls it coriander and piss. And he couldn't get it because he, he just would not understand. He, he doesn't understand, he doesn't get it. You know, but we still see them. We still go to the pub and stuff. And uh, but it's funny, really, because the people, the main people who've got the problem with it, uh, ask and all the questions. They're the main people who've got a problem with it. You know, I think, you know, they're the ones like with the real issue. Everyone else, a lot of people, just they don't bother. They're fine. But yeah, anyway. I love that's, that. That's pretty much my journey, other than, um, yeah. I mean, there's, I've got stories everywhere, you know, of being sick on the bedroom floor at my mum's house, you know, and it was just, you know, it's it just sort of car crash nights out, aren't they, I guess. So if you were going to um, 
go back and talk to yourself that was sick on the bedroom floor and in your mom's house. And, you know, especially with the fits and starts of which, at least in my experience, create all this mental drama of blaming yourself and feeling super stuck. And what would you, what would you tell him about what life is like now? Well, it's a whole new world. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the 1939 film, The Wizard of Oz, isn't it? You're sort of like, you're in this black and white world and that's just the way it is. And then you've just got this magic on the other side of it, you know, and um, I just find like, the I'm finding so much like joy in the little mm. things. Like, I go out like running at like half five in the morning. At this time of the year, it's just coming light in the UK because we're that far north. And, you know, you can hear the birds singing and it's like, I just, I just love being able to, like my sister called me the other week and she was having an issue over one thing and another. And um, it was just great on a Saturday night that I was there at the end of the phone and I wasn't in some loud pub saying, I can't hear you, man. I can't hear, you know, it was just nice. I was able to give us some advice. And um, my, my, my son says to me as well, I'm a better dad. Um, mm. Not that I was a bad dad, but I'm just a better dad, you know, I'm, I'm present, you know, I'm, and my daughter now, she's at the age where um, she's my stepdaughter, but, you know, I've, um, I've brought her up myself since she was four um, with my mm. wife. And uh, it was the other Saturday night and she's just start, started seeing this guy and it's all new, you know, and they're like the 16 and everything's like lovely in the world for them. Um, so they're sitting there, high school exam suit, excuse me. And um, well, Jason was round and they had some food and whatever. And... It was dark. And I said, listen, Jason, I said, do you want to lift home? You know, and, and he said, oh, that'd be great. And it was just nice because I was there to help my daughter out because she was happy that her boyfriend got a ride home and he was happy. And if I'd had a few beers, I wouldn't have been able to do that, you know. And also, something could have happened that night, you know, to him or, to, you know what I mean? Not that it's dangerous around here, but, you know, you just don't know, do you? And you think, well, mm-hmm. you, you just, I'm just, I think... I think like the word present keeps coming to me. present all the time, all the time. And Kathy, my wife, she's like, she loves it. You know, she says, I've got a driver. She said, it's great. We can go off for these days out. You know, we don't have to get taxis or prearranged hotels or, you know, we can get off in the car and go to like, because where we live, you know, we could be in the Peak District, the Lake District, Scotland in a few hours. We could be over to the Republic of Ireland in, you know, an hour or we can, we could be in Wales, Liverpool, Manchester, you know, all within you know, a few hours. So yeah, we can just get in the car and off we go. It's great. But I would, um, it's funny really, Annie, because we were in, um, we were in Greece last summer and I got, there was a guy at the bar, at the pool bar and he was playing chess and he just ordered a nice cold pint of Mythos beer and it come out of this. I looked at it and I thought, oh God, I could murder one of them. And then, I had a swim, dried off, and went back to my sun lounge and I walked past this guy and there was probably like a third of a pint left in his, you know, whatever, and uh, it was warm and flat and it looked disgusting and I was like, I'm so, I'm so glad I didn't go down that road and order one, you know, but I wouldn't anyway, but um, I had some, um, I had some amaretto in a dessert though, but that, that didn't seem to bother me and I have had a taste of my wife's cocktail, literally just a straw, just a, 
and yeah, it was pleasant enough. It was nice, but I've got no desire to go and order a drink and drink it on my own or drink it by, you know, order myself a pint of beer or a, a cocktail or a glass of wine. I've just no desire. And I've had five sober holidays now. I've been to Scotland, I've been to Greece twice. We've just been over to Dubai. And it's funny, really, because um, it's a good job. I don't drink alcohol because it was £18 for a glass of wine in Dubai, which is about $25. So, you know, it'd give Manhattan a run for its money, really, um, when it comes to uh, alcohol prices. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, so all good, all good this end. Well, oh, that's so cool. That's amazing. I love that. Well, gosh, thanks so much, Michael. Do you have anything else you want to add in? You're I a great storyteller. Really. I'm a great what? Sorry. Storyteller. Oh, storyteller. Yeah. Well, yeah, I won't get you, uh, I won't subject you to, to my jokes tonight. We'll save that for another time. But um, yeah, I've just, just a, a few things, you know, I, I, I just, I've read a lot more. Um, you know, I've got in the, because I do a bit of traveling back and forth to my job. Um, I can easily stick an audio book in on the car and I'm just consuming all, all the quitlet and I've just, um, I don't know whether you've, uh, that was a great book, Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules of Life. That's fantastic. And I'm just consuming book and that's, I found that I'm going back to um, stuff that I used to do as a child, you know, like I picked up the guitar again. I like to read, you know, I've contemplated by myself some pencils and sketch pads recently and think oh because I used to draw with my granddad at the back of their house as a child and you just like not saying a regressing but you go that is what you naturally loved isn't it before like the the world got hold of you you know and the 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 big wheel of the alcohol industry but yeah I've just I'm just um on I'm working towards a little bit of a career change as well um it's not going to be an overnight thing um but yeah it's something to keep me busy I've got my first exam in a few weeks, so that's going to be um, that's going to be cool. So yeah, it's um, I just did some notes, but I think they've pretty much got everything in, really. Um, oh, I love William Porter's book as well. You know, Alcohol Explained. I thought yeah. that was fabulous. Um, but but this Naked Mind for me, it just spelled it out in the little little um, diagrams. You know, of like alcohol you're there and then alcohol will get you there but it knocks you down to there and then if you have a drink it only gets you up to there but knocks you down to there again and it's uh it's so true it's uh well to me it's true somebody else might say it's not but to me i love it it's great and i'll keep on recommending it as long as i live so because i see now i see some people right annie and they're um and i'm not sort of being disrespectful but they have like a golden hour you know where They get they get to the pub or the bar or whatever the cafe or you know and they'll be they'll be okay and then they'll have a couple of pints and they'll have a big stupid grin on the face like a Cheshire cat and then they'll tell a few jokes and we'll have a bit of laugh and then sort of toward like a few hours later you can see the whole body language change where like the the, the, the slouch the their eyes start rolling mm-hmm. you know they repeat themselves. And that's usually my time to get the car keys and go because I'm like, nothing good happens after 10 o'clock. You know, it's one of them. It's like, you know, and the next morning you hear the horror stories of like so-and-so falling in a hedge and them two had an argument and, you know, and, oh God. And, oh, guess where I woke up? I woke up on their sofa and you're like, oh, no, no. I did all that in my twenties, you know, and I'm done. I'm totally done. 
and it's great. And I'm looking forward to, I mean, I'm 45 now, so I'm looking forward to my next 20 or 30 years, you know, if God willing, I live that long and yeah, and just, and just, you know, I t- talk to the kids about drinking too, you know, um, mm-hmm. they're at the age now when I've said to, said to Louise, he's had a taste of cider and Rebecca, she's had a taste of wine and so on. And all I can do is be an example. You know, they're going to do when they go off to their universities or in the working world or whatever they do, they're going to do it. So the way I see it, you know, all I can do is talk to them about my experience. And yeah, so that's that's where we're at. Well, thank you so much, Michael. It's been really fun. I really enjoyed getting okay. to your story. And it's just been welcome. Awesome. It's nice to meet you, Annie. I've, uh, I've seen you on YouTube and you've, been coming through my car speakers for years so it's great nice to have a chat with you so yeah cool hi super exciting news so the alcohol experiment book is being released actually got released just a few days ago with the expanded edition what does expanded edition mean it means that every single day throughout the book there are deep reflective journal entries that have been added with space to write, which is so cool and so exciting. So you really make it your own. And the reason I did this is because I truly believe that the deepest wisdom you will access throughout the 30 days of the alcohol experiment comes from within you. You know more about what's best for you than anybody else in the entire world. And I know sometimes that can be hard to believe, but when you really access your own wisdom, it is so profound. So you can pick up your own copy at alcohol experiment book and check it out. It's really powerful. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.